Broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studios, this is The Hango Show. I need to get inside your head. I got to know if you insane. hundred years ago? I'll never forget the time I had a manager who quoted Stalin in a meeting. And I had to stop him and say, do you know who Joseph Stalin is? <laughs> And he kind of looked at me and was like, oh, he's a leader. I was like, you don't know who Joseph Stalin is. <laughs> and the fact that you just used a quote by him in a meeting about how things should work here tells me a lot. Well, you know, when they rebranded the company I worked for, we have like a, we have like a, a, a theme they've ran with yeah. to rebranded. And they used quotes by, by famous people that talked about things. And the first one, the first one was by Henry Ford. Oh, the the, the racist yeah. Yeah, Nazi, yeah, and yeah. And the second one was by Helen Keller, the, the, the supposed blind uh, communist. So I was like, "Wait, we've got a good start think here." She was communist. I thought Annie Sullivan was well, communist. She was a communist they used as, her as a conduit. Yeah, she conduit. was. A, she was a, a puppet for the communist uh, manifesto. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. This is your host, Hango Wood. Tonight is just me and my dear, lovely wife, Tinker, in here. And I may regret this. Probably. I may really enjoy it. Probably. <laughs> I've enjoyed a lot of regrets in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I'm living one right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're the, that'll learn you. That'll learn me. Um. So... Tink is, is that's probably one of the things that me and you really bonded over the first time was our, our love for history. Um, Mine's obsession. I would yeah. go way past love. Yeah. I get obsessed with a certain thing, and there, I can't learn enough about it. It was like when I had Peyton and Reba and Caitlin here. I, you know, most stuff you most stuff you read is either nonfiction history or it's fiction based on historical events, one of the two. Yeah. A lot of your stuff is. Oh, I'd say 95, 90, 95%. That's not to say I haven't read things like I read the Twilight series. There was a group of us at work that did. Wasn't the best thing I ever read. Um, I read the series True Blood was based on, which was fun because it's a southern, it it, it, it was quite fun reading. Well, most fiction you read is, is topical to the current zeitgeist of what's going on. A lot well, of I would say a lot of the fiction I read is based on historical events and kind of following fictional no, I mean, characters like, through. But non the 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 fictional history stuff you read, yeah, that I follow it into actual nonfiction as well. Mm-hmm. But most of the yeah, just fun candy reading you do is kind of stuff that's going on currently, whatever's hot currently. Honestly, vampires, I've. Been I've read about them since I was thirteen when I read Interview with the, the Vampire. Right when I was probably a little too young to read it. Well, that's kind of that's kind of goes with our our call it. It's stuff that's based around stuff down here mostly. Well, yeah, my mom will never discourage me from reading anything. Yeah, so she saw about it and she was like, okay, whatever. And then I read it. In no, a I mean day the and books themselves. I mean, like Anne Rice was based out of yeah, it was every, based out of New, New Orleans, Orleans, and then Charlene Harris was from the. Was from yeah. Louisiana, so I mean, it's kind of it all yeah. kind of falls in line. So tonight, Tink is going to teach me a history lesson, which I'm all for learning. So take it away. 
set the stage where we at. Picture it, Sicily, nineteen thirteen. That what we're doing. Picture it, Southern England, Northern France, ten sixty six. Oh, I know where we're going now. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I played this video game. Go ahead. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and you consult me occasionally. Um, no, I think that the Norman invasion of England, Battle of Hastings, nine hundred and fifty five years ago, t- October fourteenth, ten sixty six, is one of the bigger, if not one of the biggest, watershed moments in history. Just for the fact there came an end to Anglo-Saxon England at this time. It was also the end of Viking raids into England at this time. And it incorporated part of the of France, or the Frankish Empire, as they probably would have called it then, into England, which later was a big cause, or one of the many causes of the Hundred Years' War, and really the root cause of why England and France hate each other. So, should. well, yeah, I mean, it was kind of an odd juxtaposition, though, because the King of England was also a vassal of the King of France. Right. So, the, he, he was he was a Duke of Normandy, and later Aquitaine. Aquitaine, yeah, yeah, because that got pulled in a little bit later. Uh, uh what is it was not it? Aquitaine, or is it is it pronounced Aquitaine? I always heard it in Aquitaine. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess it could really be either way, but Aquitaine. Um, by Eleanor of Aquitaine was probably one of the most fascinating and one of my favorite characters in history. Stay but on we, the road. yeah, I can't Stay go. Stay on to, the road. I, I'm not going to go happen. down that. I knew it was going to happen. You start tracing back lineages and shit. <laughs> but um, that happened later. William the Bastard, I'm not a fan of William the Conqueror, in all honesty. Who. Wait. To clarify, they're the same person for anybody listening. Yes, William the Bastard and you're, William you're the Conqueror. Teaching here, you're not just talking to me. <laughs> just, okay, so William the Conqueror was also referred to as William the Bastard. Right, he was the one that won the Battle of Hastings, and that's when Normandy took over England. He was called William the Bastard not because he was a complete and utter bastard, which he was. Well, and he was, because he was a bastard. <laughs> and that is what, he had a lot of enemies. He was a bastard and a bastard. He was a, kinda, he was a bastard bastard. Kind of like Ramsey Snow. Mm. He was a, a bastard, of a, you know. Yeah. He was just a bastard all the way around. So, to talk about him a little bit, too, just leading up into the 1066. Are you about William or Ramsey? William. Okay. Ramsey's not real. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. There might be similar characters in history, (laughs) but he ain't real. Go ahead. So, William of Normandy was the son of, oh gosh, the Norman dukes changed like every three or four years, and they all had different names. I believe it was Robert I, and his mother was a tanner's daughter, so she was a commoner, or as a lot of people just referred to her as William's concubine. So scandalous. Yes. Not really. It was expected to happen. Yeah. Not within the Norman um, dynasty because that was actually fairly common. um, There's there's also the family took the last name Normandy. Did you know that? Did you know that? Mm. There was a line. There's a line of after after England was established. Yeah. But they took the. But it wasn't spelled with a Y, it was an I. I.E., yeah. yeah. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. You're fine. You okay? I'm burping. I'm sorry. <laughs> the hot chocolate's the biting hot in chocolate's, ass, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, it's paying, paying for that. So he had a absolutely what I would call a tumultuous, terrifying childhood. He he came to the throne of Normandy or became, came to the Duchy of Normandy at age seven when his father died. Oh shit! And really, up until the age of eighteen, he, people tried to assassinate him constantly because they wanted to take over, which is not uncommon in this time. So there was like no queen mother or anything to sit in his stead. No, because his mother was, was a commoner and had remarried, and he actually had brothers from that second marriage that later helped him. So he he held, he held the. The Duke of Normandy title from the time he was seven. Yes. Okay. He constantly had guards. Um, one of his guards was actually killed in his bedroom at night while he slept. I mean, it was just terrifying. And I think it made him into Very the ball-busting ball character. He didn't mm-hmm. take any bullshit. Yeah. Um, was he paranoid? I mean, I figured... This. That's kind of some that's some PTSD inspiring stuff. I just wondered if he was a very paranoid person at all. Yes and no. I mean, I think to some extent, if you're a ruler of anything, you have to have oh, yeah. a little paranoia just to protect yourself. Um, but I do think that was part of his brutality in taking over England. Yeah, I really do. And he, you know, anyway, we can get into that in a little bit. So. He grows up in all this, always constantly trying to be murdered, assassinated. Um, he eventually goes to the King of France. He has to flee Normandy. So, and the King of France um, sends him back with an army, and he takes Normandy back. And at that point... How, how old was he at that time? 18. Okay. He, or late teens. It was 17 or 18. They don't know exact ages because right. they don't know exactly. Yeah, but a lot it was of this is going to be speculation 18. from yeah. what we sort of kind of know. Yeah. It's hard because unless you were a king or the uh, the child of a king, your birthday pretty much wasn't recorded. Right. But um, so he came back, won that. It's a complete ov- oversimplification, but I don't want to get too much into it. Um, probably around this time, maybe a few years later, he proposes or wants to marry Matilda of Flanders. Okay, I know where Flanders is at. Yes. Okay. Um. It's like com. It's like uh, south of like modern day Netherlands. Yes, yes, or yeah, yeah. And he, she refuses. She's like, no, not marrying this bastard upstart. Like, no, absolutely not. So he goes to Flanders, and this is the story that is told. Whether it's true or not, I think there's probably some truth to it. I don't know how much truth to it. She's leaving church. And um, he meets her as she's leaving church, or she's on a horse, something. Anyway, he ends up pushing her into a mud puddle and just walking away. I mean, he has he has temper issues. Yeah. Or he drug her by her hair or something. It was violent conflict. Maybe she deserved it. Uh, probably not. She turned a man down. That's well, embarrassing. He was, there's, he was between 5 foot 10 and 6 foot. I've heard both. So I think it's somewhere in between. He's a pretty there. tall fella for their to, to be non-Norwegian. It's pretty pretty tall guy. Well, or, the Normans, I, 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 not really Norwegian. Yeah, Normandy the Normans was settled by are, the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Normandy mm-hmm. Norsemen. Yeah. That's where it comes from. So he did, does have Scandinavian or Viking blood, but she was like four foot eleven. Yeah. 
So you could just say, anyway, they end up marrying. She ends up saying, yeah, I'll marry you or whatever. <laughs> she was like, fine, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there was some... Um, well, there's got to be more to it than that. No, well, that's all that's recorded. I, there's probably a lot more to it than that. I would imagine, but we'll never know the full Maybe story. Maybe it's like her kink just getting... Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they ended up having an extremely happy and successful marriage, and he actually never had mistresses or anything, which is completely... So they Totally. Say. Well, he doesn't... It's believed that he really didn't, because there's no... Nobody ever said they were his... You know, illegitimate child, or it never came he may out. He have knocked them up and had them offed. What if William the the Conqueror was like the most prolific serial killer this world has ever? Well, known? you can make that argument anyway. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the old saying? If one person dies, it's a tragedy. If a million men die, it's, it's conquest or whatever it is. Who said that? Stalin. Oh yeah, Stalin. Sorry. Yeah. Was that, was that the quote the guy used in your? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm surprised he didn't. Fucking idiot. It was something else that wasn't too off from that. Right, yeah. yeah. So anyway, they married. That actually caused a big uproar with the church because there was, um, they were too closely related. This was when the church actually took that <laughs> shit seriously. Um, but they they ended up getting like you know approval from the pope or whatever after a few years, and they ended up building this huge cathedral in Rouen. Which is the capital of Normandy is Rouen, and go on to actually have a very successful marriage and nine children. Well, along the way, <laughs> um, there's turmoil in England. Uh, having it's very this is very complicated time in history because you have a lot of switchings in England. Mm-hmm. Between the Anglo-Saxons and the Vikings at this time. So, but you know. Godwin was in, the, the house Godwin was. It in, was Anglo-Saxon. And That's they, they, Saxon. Were, they were the rulers of England at this time. No. The Godwins? No. Who was it then? It was still the line of Anglo-Saxon kings. And they weren't in that. They were dukes. Now, they had they were titled but, landowners, but they were not royalty. The Godwins. They kind of snuck their way in the back door, well, right before. That's my way to do it, um, right before or when Edward the Confessor dies. So there was no, there was was there a central leadership in England before this invasion happened? Kind of, yeah. Um, you, this is where you go back and forth between Danish rulers and your native Anglo Saxons. Okay, because. It is probably not the full United England that we think of now, but pretty much that at well, this time. To set the stage, imagine – I know this part. <laughs> um, thank you, Crusader Kings. <laughs> thank you, Crusader Kings 3, available through Paradox on the Steam Network. Um, Normandy is – was northern France. It is northern coastal France, right, yes. Right at the, the English Channel. Cro- yes. Okay. I'm just trying to give everybody a kind of a, people who don't know this. I know, to give I them know. Like a, it's an idea. I, there's, I, and I apologize for that because it's Eng- hard. England is a patchwork of duchies at this time. You say? I would say you have a more of a united England, but previous to that, just probably a hundred years before that, you had like 
But they, at one time, seven different kingdoms within England. Yeah, like it's Mercia probably and, and, yeah. yeah okay. You're probably down to four or five about a hundred years so before that. This time that. you got like Mercia, Kent, um, Wessex, Wessex, East Anglia, uh, Northumbria, Wales is like they're their own. They're like three divided duchies, kind mm. of. Yeah, um, they're they're three Welsh kingdoms, right. and they. Yeah, no, but they're they're not a part of England. Ireland is a a literal patchwork of petty kings and and Norse, and, du- Vikings. and and uh, dukes. Uh, Scotland is kind it's of the same two, way. It's about two kingdoms. Two, two different at this kingdoms. Time. You have Strathclyde, and then the right. the, the Strathclyde uh, are are more associated with the southern Scotland. Well, it's the the west coast of Scotland. Uh, well, the formal Dal Riata. Right. Dal Riata. Yeah. It, it, it's still got a lot of ties to... Ireland. <laughs> Ireland. Um, uh, Igor the Boneless kind of ruled that, that area like in the 800s. Is it Igor? Is it, is that... you're, no, well, you're thinking Ivor the Boneless. Ivor the Boneless, kind of... And No, he was more Ireland. He was really? killed in Ireland, yeah. I knew he was killed in Ireland. But no, the the that northern like what you're thinking, like west or west coast of Scotland, that was conquered by the people of Ulster, the native Irish. Okay. Yeah. That came over. So there there was maybe some like, but it was not the in, mass. In 56 this is kind of but it was still kind of the Isles themselves like the outer and inner uh um help me out. Hebrides. Hebrides. Yeah. They were kind of... They were all their Nordic. Own, their own thing. Yeah, they were all owned by different, either Sweden or, or what we consider modern-day Sweden, Norway, or Danish. Right. Usually Swedish or Norwegian. I just want the listener to know, this isn't just a... It's not what you're thinking of as modern-day no, England no. and Scotland and Ireland now. It's still very... Patchwork. Very patchwork of... of uh, a bunch of different groups who kind of just hung on to land as long as they could before they, before they got assassinated or conquered by somebody else. And well, they, but leading up to this, it was the Vikings. And like they're it still was, they're just Viking still raids coming through, trying I mean, to stay independent. They're either taken over by the Vikings, and some of them didn't mind that. Actually, they were okay with that. Well, and they that's, were so closely related. Still, I mean, it's very north of of England, of the northern part of England that stayed Viking for or Norse for a lot longer than the rest of it. So, you had that, and yeah, it was just a, I guess, a good way to kind of look at it and think of it would be maybe. Eastern Europe after the fall of Russia, mm-hmm. where everybody's trying to rule their own. Yeah. And it was kind of like that, where you had these former kingdoms within England that still tried to exert some independence, but eventually decided, hey, it's better to work together because we have to keep out the Vikings. And also a lot of these places, like um, I think in Scotland at this time, they they used like a tanistry elective where people in line to the king could be it wasn't like an actual a blood hand down. No. People people think firstborn son is gonna be now they were able the 
vassals, I guess would you say? They're va- the vassals of the, the supposed king had boats on who would become the next king and whatnot. Oh, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it for people. Well, I think that time had kind of passed in England and Scotland at this time. That all kind of ended in the 900s or early 900s. Tennessee elective had already ended? Kind of, yeah. They they went, which I think that elective like that was actually much, much better because you had, everybody had to be descended from one former king. It wasn't just everybody. Yeah. And it had to be, you know, within, it's usually two or three generations back. And then the people would vote. No, a lot of people think that. But no, it wasn't blood in the in the traditional sense like that we most think now. Modern people think, oh, well, the first son. You know, the Queen Elizabeth's family has ruled over England for hundreds of years, and it's not like that at all. Well, a little bit because they're but, German; they're not really English. Yeah, but going back, they're still related to the. You can make anything work when you go back far enough. <laughs> Well, you know, if you're of European ancestry, they say everybody's descended from Charlemagne because mathematically... We're all inbred. Well, mathematically, if we do that, that's more than... What did you just play? I didn't play anything. Oh, I thought you played like a PSA. <laughs> We're all inbred. No, I'm not going to do it. The more you know. Uh, um, But... No, I want people to... I'm just trying to yes, lay it out for no, people no, who's no. listening. It's... The Tanistry elective worked where if you were a duke in the country, you had a vote in who the next king would be. And it was... It was to keep children from inheriting thrones. Right. And so let's say me and you are king and queen and we have four kids. And in Tanistry, I mean, boys were preferred, but women could also become elected queens. It It never happened, really, I don't think. Well, there's one big example of that. Alfred the Great's daughter ended up ruling the kingdom of Mercia. Okay. Because she had married into the, the, and they ended up picking her, and she ruled, in, and by all accounts, was a great ruler. Mm, debatable. You didn't even know about her. How are you going to debate it? <laughs> she's a woman. No, she was, she, she, by all accounts, and this is by men who wrote history who say she did really well. I must let you run out the clock, babe. But <laughs> anyway, we're, overall. We're, we're totally off William the Conqueror. I know, I know. <laughs> But overall, you're right. Women were pretty much, they were married off by that point, probably. It was rare to have one available to be elected, really. Yeah. Yeah. Or they became, they went to religious life, and then that, you're automatically Or they got married off to another duke or Somewhere on the continent, yeah. To form an alliance to keep, yeah. So anyway, back to William the Bastard. Yes. After that 20-minute tirade. Yes, Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. No, I can I like get this. on a lot of historical <laughs> tirades. Um, so we have him now on the continent, on ruling Normandy, still with threats of revol- you know, people revolting, but you're always going to have that Damn no matter peasants. what you roll. Peasant rabble, always. It wasn't the peasants. It was... <laughs> You know, they that's what they always say. The peasants very rarely feel the effect of changes yeah. in government because it's the same life is the same for them. But um you know, has these threats of rebellion and all that kind of just normal in what you'd expect. Well, when the Danish came back to England and conquered England and there was a ruler, Danish ruler, um, Canute the Great. It ran off the Anglo-Saxons. They went into exile. Anglo-Saxon. Um, it was Edward and Alfred. 
So they went to Normandy because there was a link there to Normandy. Somebody had married somebody that was Norman or something. I can't remember exactly. They made it work. Yeah. So they went there uh, to in exile for protection, and, you know, it was fine. They thought, well, let's, Alfred and Edward said, well, we're going to go back to England and reconquer. So they went there, and there was this um, Duke called Godwinson. I knew it. I knew, I knew the guy was there Godwin. somewhere. Godwin. He was Godwin. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, you So you want to be king again? Okay, that's great. And then he proceeded to blind the brother Alfred with the red hot pokers to the eyes. Because if you were the trick, if you were blind, you could not rule. So Alfred and Edward went back to the continent. Alfred ended up dying. I don't know exactly when, if he died there in England or in Normandy. So Edward went back to the continent to Normandy. And eventually Canute died. Um, There were a couple of rulers after Canute that failed. The guy's name was Canute. Canute, C-N-U-T. It may actually that's that's the English pronunciation of it. Is it not cunt? No, but that is the joke that if you switch two <laughs> letters. And actually Canute was actually a very good ruler and did a lot of good. Then there's some drama there too. We could have a talk about his role. And then there were a couple of Danish people after him and then one died with no heirs. So this is when Edward came back to and you know what? It may be Edward that ended up marrying Emma of Normandy. That makes a little sense. So he's decided I'm going to go back to the continent. Which well, continent? Or no, go back to, go back to um, England. Go back to England. I, was like, I don't think England's a continent. <laughs> no. So he, um, but there's supposedly some promise there that he made to William. Hey, if I die childless, you can have the throne of England. Whether that was really said or not, we don't know. That was what William's claim was later. So he goes back to England, rules as king as Edward the Confessor with his queen, Emma. And he does die childless. Whoops. Yeah. Whose fault was it? It was old age. I mean, it wasn't anything, I don't think. like another bride? No, they don't have that, do they? I forget about what? that. Like, it's, they're, they're Catholic. So yeah. it's just one, one yeah. wife. I could go on a well, there's, there's about that too, but one legal wife. <laughs> yes, but that was actually fairly uh, new to them, probably within the last hundred, hundred and fifty right. years. Because leading up to that, I just they knew did. like <clears throat> uh, insular Christianity was still yeah all the rage in Ireland, and they allowed mm-hmm. uh, polygamous marriages. There. Well, that's because that was deeply rooted in their in, culture, yeah, in yeah. their culture, and they did pra- practice the more Celtic Christianity, right. So he he's you know ruling there. The original Godwin that blinded his his brother, um, Alfred, ended up, of course, you know, oh, you're the best king ever, blah 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 blah. Well, this Godwin had a son whose name was Harold Godwinson, which was how they they took their last names, Godwin's son. And at some point, he goes to the continent, too, for some reason, to Normandy. And supposedly, he had told William, oh, yes, I will back your claim 100%. The the, the Godwin did. Yes, Harold Godwinson. I will back your claim. Well, Edward dies. 
Harold has himself crowned king the day they buried Edward, which is extremely king unusual. King of England. Yes. Okay, yes. so he had kind of united the the, the dukes, the duchies around there. They were actually, they weren't really England then, though, were they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The modern, really the modern concept of England came about in the 900s. Okay. During the reign of Athelstan. Well, earlier I said Godwin was on the throne, but he wasn't on the throne yet. No. Okay. No. But now they're a united England under one king. Yeah, it had been. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With, the, you know, some few exceptions here, there are little pieces of duchies that are gone. But overall, yes, our modern concept of England is very alive and well. Okay, so Harold gets crowned on the day they're putting his brother in the ground. The day that they're putting Edward in the Edward ground. Edward in the ground, sorry. Yes, which is very uncommon because usually coronations six months to forever. a year. Right. Yeah, easy, easy. Well, William gets word of this. William is not happy about it because, A, he says that Edward had promised him the throne, and, two, that Harold had uh, agreed to this no matter what. Did he say no taxi-baxies? You know, I don't know. I don't know if that was law then. You got to double down on the no (laughs) taxi-baxies. I mean, if he didn't call it, it's on him. I don't think William would have taken very kindly to take Z-Baxies anyway. <laughs> he probably just would have stabbed you. <laughs> so, at this point, William decides, and this is a, yet again an oversimplification, I'm going to invade. I'm going to take back what's mine. Because this is kind of his personality. Right. And um, it's actually a very interesting story about how he raised money for like 700 ships or something. And his wife actually raised a good chunk of money and to help him with all these ships. Well, during all this time, too, we have this Norwegian king named Harald Hadrada, who, fascinating character within himself. The hard ruler. Oh, he he was a, a part of the Varangian Guard in Byzantine. He fought literally all over the world and became... Super wealthy. No, we mean, when she says all over the world, I mean yeah, all over the world, the known world at the time. He even fought pirates on the sea. Right. I mean, and the Varangian Guard would, were the personal bodyguard of the Byzantine Emperor, and they were always Norse. Right. Because that, that was just, they had come up with this agreement. Think like Delta Force. Yeah. Navy SEAL. Absolutely. badass motherfuckers. Yeah. They're not, they're not scared. Right. So, and he, his brother was actually Olaf, the king of Norway, okay. who was the one to Christianize Norway gotcha. and died in that process. So anyway, he, there was supposedly something when uh, Canute the Great was king that he had agreed with that, with whoever was the king of Norway at the time. There's a lot of these handshake agreements going on it, I know. behind closed doors. Nobody got anything signed. That's why it's like, then did this really happen? Like, are people just taking advantage of a situation or whatever? So, supposedly, Canute had said, well, if it gets to a point where my line dies out, the king of Norway takes over. Because Canute was actually the king of Denmark at the time when he ruled England, too. So... Were they called the Danelaw then? No, no, that that was... was later? No, that was previous. The Danelaw happened around... The late 800s. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so 
Harold's like, there's a lot of Harold's and all the same yeah, names. Common name. So Harold Hadrada decides, fuck these guys. I'm going to invade because it, it was promised to my bloodline that this was going to happen. Well, Harold Godwinson had a brother named Tostic who had lost his lands in the north of England for whatever reason. I'm not sure. It's like Staffordshire, like super north England. Uh, Yorkish. Okay. Um, and he's mad, so he goes and joins Harold Hadrada. Oh, okay. To affront his brother, Harold Godwinson. He was Tostig Godwinson. So Tostig and Harold make the decision to invade the north of England. And during all this time, William is literally sitting on the shore in Normandy, waiting for the wind. Waiting for the boats to show up? No. Waiting for the wind wind. to shift. (laughs) Yeah. Because the wind was blowing the opposite way he needed it to go. It was blowing south instead of going north. Yes. And he even at one time tried, but then his the ship he was on wrecked. So he came back and waited. I think it was about four months he had to wait. Right. So around the time that Harold is decides I'm gonna (laughs) and invades the north of England is when William gets the right winds to invade the south of England. It's a stroke of luck that happens at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And around this time, Harold Godwinson had released his troops because it was time for harvest. So the, all of his troops had to go. Had to go. Yeah. Yes. So he had released these people. And then he hears about his brother and Harold Hadrada in the north of England. They actually do take York and all that yeah, this, um, when they land. You said it earlier, but yeah, we to, this was in October. Yes. So, like, the harvest uh, was coming in. It well, was time to start picking shit. September-ish at this point. Oh, but the invasion The Battle happened. of Hastings. Hastings was in October. Yeah. yeah. So. And it, it's a big thing if you miss the harvest then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you starved to death. <laughs> People don't understand this. You know, we don't, we think, there's there's no, there's no grocery like store to go to. <laughs> if every farmer in America just didn't harvest. Right, just everything rotted in the fields. Yeah. Then we would so we'd for, be for a, a whole creek. winter. Yeah, and winter's gonna be pretty harsh in this part of the country. And like you said, there's no grocery store. No, if the stores are empty, if your wheat stores are empty at the end of October, they're gonna be empty until the next the harvest. Next harvest for a whole year, you got no grain, no nothing. That was which I can get into that. There have been further points <laughs> in history where, let's say, the Black Plague came through, right. and Killed everybody off, and there was no one to harvest, so then you have famine the next year. Right. Yeah, so. famine on top of a plague. A plague, yeah. yeah. So anyway, go ahead. So Harold and Tostig are coming to invade north of England. They land. They take a small patch of land, that in, or a small part of it, which included York. So Harold Godwinson calls up his troops and marches north in, like, record time. Like, it's unbelievable. Because you got to realize... They're not driving or taking the train. They're literally marching north. So was he based around the London area at this time? Or was it uh, further south than that? Probably further south than that. Um, was he London not- is still is important, but not as important right. then. But, I mean, they could have been. He could have been in London. I didn't know if it was. Wasn't he based like around Kent or somewhere? Like south, uh, south, well, southeastern Kent England? Is the, yeah, southeast. He would have been more of. South Central. Okay. Because that's more of where Wessex was. Gotcha. Um, and the capital of Wessex was Winchester. Gotcha. So. And so he had to go, 
he crossed his entire country. Country, yeah, yeah for the most part. North. Even if he left London, London's in South England. Yeah, like it's pretty far. It's I was making the point. These guys didn't land in his backyard. No, they no. landed. They landed damn near in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, way up north. Yeah, so they march up there. Um, uh, they ended up having having the Battle of Stamford Bridge or Stamford Bridge. They defeat the um, Tostig and Harold Hadrada. Right. So that threat. The Vikings gone. get get pushed pushed out. Yeah, they said they brought I forgot how many ships, and there were only enough men alive to leave in twenty five. Well, that 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 battle. Yeah. I, I know it's it's still studied today there in yeah. war colleges. Yeah. That they bottlenecked mm-hmm. all the Vikings Literally into that a bridge. bridge. Right. They still use it today as a modern example of how to use a bottleneck efficiently to get all the troops to come to one spot. Because they say there was one Viking that held that bridge. Right. He had a double-handed axe, and he had killed like 40 or 50 people before the Anglo-Saxons were like, hey, we're going to take a boat under the bridge and stab him up from underneath. <laughs> and it worked. But the thing was, the, these Vikings weren't necessarily expecting to be attacked, so... They didn't have their chain mail, right. you know, what we think of. So a lot of majority are killed. They send the rest of them back. They're like, go back to Norway. So, so we've turned away the Viking. And that was the last Viking invasion of, of England. England. That was kind of the, that was the end of the Viking age. So that happens. He's up in the north of England. Well, he hears that William the Bastard has landed in the south of England. So he turns around and marches his entire army back down to around the Hastings area. And um, his army's exhausted. You know, it's just not good. But, you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Well, they October the 14th, 1066 is the battle that decides history, in my opinion. And the Normans and the Anglo-Saxons fight. It's an all-day battle, which is very unusual for this time because battles usually lasted a couple of hours, and that was it. And it was very back and forth. It honestly could have gone either way. Um, but in the end, Harold Godwinson was killed on the field, supposedly by an arrow in the eye, but there is some argument over that 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 didn't happen. Um, and at this point, after Harold dies, and all his house carls, which were his personal guard, William wins. And the Normans actually track, you know, uh, follow the retreating Anglo-Saxons and, and kill them. Right. So now William is king. <laughs> he has taken, had by, taken by, this. By sword. He's by king. sword. Um, and there is some debate over whether what that is celebrated as the place of the Battle of Hastings really is because there's really not been any battlefield finds there, which is mm. extremely unusual. Um, if you've had a large battle somewhere, even if it was a thousand years ago, I mean, there's something arrowheads, right. um, chain mail, something because even with Roman, you know, well, yeah, I mean, we're well into the Iron Age by, yeah, by yeah. this time. There's Plenty of stuff that can be found, like with a metal, a common metal detector yeah. now. So that that's a huge debate whether it was really there or not. But that's neither here nor there. So to me, this is the watershed moment of William taking over England, because now England is not so isolated. They have mm-hmm. a connection to the continent now, right. and this is where the King of England is also 
a vassal to the king of France, which right now, don't think of the king of France as what we traditionally think of as the king of France. It was a much smaller and carved up and, you know, I would say France was kind of around Paris and that was kind of it. Because you had other duchies that were actually much stronger in France. You could throw Normandy into that, Burgundy, um, Aquitaine. I mean, it's a whole bunch. So... Brittany. Brittany. Yeah. <clears throat> but now is the big change because now you have an Anglo or Anglo-Norman society in England instead of a Anglo-Saxon or Anglo-Nordic. He really, William really established the thought of an English culture not being really Anglo-Saxon as much. Mm, not so much. I, th- I think he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just wanted England to be a little Normandy. And really... <laughs> he established his own little culture there. Well, really, a big draw to ruling over England was it was one of the few places that had an efficient taxing system. Yeah. And so that was a huge draw. But even after he won, William would spend time in Normandy and and England. And it was like when he left England and would be in Normandy, then there'd be rebellions in England. And then when he was in England, there'd be rebel. And honestly, he was a lot more protective over his Norman lands. Yeah, because he wanted to be part of France. He wanted to be part of the power. Well, that was his ancestry. That was his home. Yeah. So that was big for them. But this is where, where it leads up to the changes in the judicial system. The changes to the language, which I think is the biggest thing. Um, Before this, you had your Anglo-Saxons speaking Anglo-Saxon or Old English. We'd probably call it Old English. And when William comes in, he brings the Norman language with him, which is not French per se. It's more like a dialect of French because it retained a lot of pronunciations that were more Nordic or German. Okay. Instead of French. So now all the elite in England speak Norman. And then all your peasants speak Saxon or Anglo-Saxon Old English. And that's where I think they said that 28% of the of the of our English language today is comprised of French words mm-hmm. or French sayings. And even though it's a Germanic language, we've had um, France has had a, French has had a bigger impact on our language than German has. And um, well, I mean, I, I, in America especially, I mean, because we were, I mean, even our part of the woods here, a yeah. lot of French influence. Yeah, you know, a lot of the towns around here still have a lot of French influence behind them, especially names. Well, very much, yes. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to go through and look at the, the differences in the language between Old English, Modern English, uh, Norman, and then French. Or Norman French, they called it, and then French. There's a lot of differences there. But then you have your, for the next 350 years in England, all your kings spoke French. They did not speak English. Yeah. Um, and about 350 years after that, you have a king that actually speaks Middle English or whatever it would have been then. And then the one after that could actually write in English. But it was the only reason the English or the Saxon Old English language was kept alive was by the peasants and the lower class. That's why I think one of the best examples of that is with food. 
because oh, sorry like a cow you raise a cow you have cattle but then you eat beef yeah and that is the difference cow is an anglo-saxon word and beef which would have been buff was a french, french word, word yeah. and that's because the poor people didn't eat meat they just raised it and the the elites ate it you know mm. same thing with um it was called a pig was called a swine but the meat was called pork or a sheep you raise and then you eat mutton so there's a lot of things like that chicken and poultry yes yes chicken <laughs> and poultry for a second, didn't you? <laughs> but i think the interesting thing is you don't have that with like i don't know and maybe these were foods that elites didn't eat like a salmon or fish or things like that you know a fish is a fish you know you ate fish whereas a, you know we have the cattle and beef and all that so that had a huge impact and a lot of our current judicial and government terms have their the the words are uh norman okay. anglo-norman by far but then a lot of the words that we use that have to do with farming are anglo-saxon based mm. so i think that is probably the biggest everyday impact we have that we don't realize yeah i mean we no, I used to have to go to court a lot, you know, and or even just like watching court shows. You know, what do they call jury selection now? It's it's still water, you know, which it's got to be some kind of some kind of French influence to yeah. it. Even the word government, I think, is French influenced and um, judiciary. Well, you know, I, I showed you that thing the other day um, about how in Parliament now, like. Parliament's French word. Exactly. Well, in in like in British Parliament, all the laws they send up, uh, the first thing that's written is in French. Oh, it's I the Queen. It if it's the Queen's will, by the or, Queen's power, or yeah, something like yeah, that. something like that, or King, depending right. on. Yeah, yeah, it's still written in, in French. Yeah, and me and you both were like, I wonder what that is. I'm like, maybe because of Normandy. And you're like, yeah, probably so. <laughs> it makes sense. Huge impact. But I think that, but I also think an interesting what if would be, or alternative history, if that hadn't have happened, it probably, we go back, I don't, I think maybe eventually France and England would have gone to war over something stupid and silly, do not get me wrong. But I think that was a catalyst for the Hundred Years War, and even to, to today, you know, there's animosity there, and they kind of pick on each other, but I think that's it because the kings of England were also vassals of France for a while. Mm. And then they were like, fuck this, because France had a series of kind of weaker kings and they could kind of take advantage of that. Yeah. So it's it would be an interesting what if alternative history to read. Well, if, and I do like to read alternative I history. It's really it's as a as a thought experiment. Yeah. It's it's fun to go through. Do you think, because um, we know that the Scandinavian kingdoms, I guess you'd call them. Were they're not the modern day Sweden, Norway, Denmark no. that we think of, but they're kind of there. But they were pretty well established. Yeah, I would say by so. pretty strong rulers. Yes, because and even then you had like. Sweden and Denmark might beat up on Norway, or Norway Iceland. and Denmark might beat up on on Sweden. Do you think that if uh, Harold Hadrada would have 
would have won, mm-hmm. that his invasion was successful, do you think he would have been able to bring the English dukes into submission? Do you think, or you think they would be a constant revolt? Because I mean, you think probably would have done the same thing as William. If you're, if you don't agree with me, I'll just kill you and, you and take your lands way? from you. You think yeah. Harold would have been the same way? Yeah. No, I just I mean, you think about how how close Normandy was to England or is to England mm-hmm. still. Uh, every time that that William left, there'd be a bunch of bullshit stars. I mean, could you imagine Harold sitting on the throne? <clears throat> he probably could have <laughs> left Norway a little bit more than William could have left Normandy. He was well-established enough up there. I think so, his family was. Um, But I think it would have been, that was very much the vein then. You're either with me or you're against me, and if you're against me, I'm going to kill you. Mm. Interesting, and another point I meant to make, the whole castle building in England that we we traditionally think of as a castle. Big turrets and whatnot. Yes, that started under, under William, and he did that to protect what he had. Right. And he you know, disinherited the natives that were against him and put in Normans. So that's why, you know, you'll hear a lot of these elite names kind of sound French. Well, they, they kind of are. Yeah. So that was the the most famous building that he did probably is the White Tower, which later became the Tower of London. It still stands today. But that was one of his big contributions was building all these stone because Saxon was more wooden Wooden straw. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Daly. Yeah. Um, And he did all these stone castles so that that helped. And I I don't I don't think Harold Hadrada would have gone the stone castle, but I think he would have just gone in. He was a he was a stone cold soldier. He would have gone in and been like, okay, well, I'll just slaughter you and your entire family. So you choose. It's just that warrior mentality still. That, and you kind of had to be that way yeah. during that time. And no, people don't understand it and don't agree with it, but it was, you can't look at history in history a present mindset through modern eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's things that we think are brutal and everything were common, normal, everyday, nine to five kind of thing. Absolutely. Back then. So that's what kills me when people oh, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, you don't know what you would have done. How then. could they have done that? Well, they had the swords and the and the men behind yeah, them. So. Like, and like in peasants just kind of went with the flow because their life didn't change much. No, it's, you know, it's, when we have like economic problems. Well, normal folks really just keep going to day-to-day life. You know, they really have- They're just farming. <laughs> like they might have been called up in the fjords or right. the... Uh, Fjords, it's, I forget about the pronunciation of it. I always say fjord because it's so <laughs> fjord because <laughs> it's so close to fjords. Yeah, um, which was they would call up. It would be certain designated people that they would call up to to be soldiers. But overall, if you were a farmer, you were a farmer. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember too. When we think we talk about the soldiers this time, these weren't there weren't two hundred men all in fancy night stuff. No, people, actual knights were usually pretty rich fellas. They could afford the armor. Like you think when you think of a knight's armor, that was few and far between. That was even really, in my opinion, what we think of as the classic knight was later than this. Right. It was the beginning of that because the Normandy had kind of uh, pioneered the cavalry. But I mean, a lot of these, 
I would think a majority of the military were commoners. Oh, yeah, they're fighting with scythes and, because, and axes. Yeah, your, and, your duke says, hey, you know, there are very few, like, actual dedicated men at, men at arms. Very few. Right. So it was just like a cannon fodder, pretty much <laughs> what most of these guys were. Running in there with pitchforks and, and, and torches. Somewhat. And I mean, they were. They were practiced and drilled, and they, you know, a lot of them, this isn't my first my first yeah, but battle, not, but not like professional. Very few of these guys were dedicated soldiers. No, no, you couldn't. You had to have your farmers. But you need to think of a sword now, and during this time, was the equivalent to one of us owning a Lamborghini. It's like having a, an M16 or, or M60, a big machine gun. Well, no, just price-wise. Price, that's what I'm saying. You, you couldn't afford it. <laughs> People couldn't afford these swords. I mean, fully automatic weapons are really expensive. That's what I'm saying. The price but, comparison to a sword. I uh, would say to put it even higher, I would say like you're like owning. Like an F-16? <laughs> like a, a yeah, jet? Yeah. Seriously. That it would be like you owning that because that would have been the, the price comparison. Yeah. They were really expensive. Like yeah. Actual and armor? Forget it. Metal worked. Um, like a, a true blacksmithed sword was extremely expensive at this time. That was decent. Yeah. Or you think about chain mail. Oh, God. Those rings? <laughs> oh, yeah. Individually done. Right. It wasn't By like hand. it goes through a machine. These So these people wearing full suits of armor even later on, I mean, it would be a multi-million dollar investment for us now. That would be the equivalent. You're wearing a tank. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, that age was kind of short, short-lived. and But anyway... That's that's what it was. You had gunpowder came along. Yeah, that changed that changed the script, didn't it? Yeah, I always say if there's gunpowder involved, it's too modern for me. Yeah, I'm sorry, nerd. <laughs> so I'm out around the fifteen, sixteen hundreds. <laughs> that's when history gets good when when guns get involved. No, I think it's more interesting when you have like that personal. They marched in a line face to face and pointed guns at each other. That's pretty know. fucking personal. And then the bayonet charge happened. Uh, bayonet charge is just a modern day knife fight. Yeah. These guys brought guns to a knife fight. A whole yeah. line of guns. Yeah. And that became useless after you <laughs> shot them once. You got about three good volleys off before it yeah. was time to, to charge the bayonet. And then the cavalry would come in and yeah. But yeah, I, the whole thing of trying to look at and understand uh these ain't I, I don't even consider this time ancient. I mean, you have to get much older for me to say ancient, but these early medieval or 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 middle ages time, you you just can't look through it with modern eyes. You really can't. It was a different world. Totally different world. Different trains of thought, different It's be, I mean, I think uh, uh, we they were desensitized to a lot of this too. Well, it was so weird because now, you know, you think about how big our country is, mm-hmm. how vast America is. It could easily be three countries. Oh, if not, I mean, Texas itself could be its own country. I've often heard that, that you could, if without the Louisiana Purchase, you would have had, you know, the East Coast or pretty much west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi would have been British and then the middle would have been French and then probably the West Spanish. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like Ca- California up into Cascadia. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, like the Southwest. Yeah. New Mexico, Arizona. They could all easily have been Spanish. Oh, easily. No problem. Um, 
you think about how vast this country is, and we all pretty much native-born people here, we all speak English with just a different twist to it. Different twang. There are some of I mean, in in Europe at this time, there were neighbors who had totally different cultures, totally different languages, totally different way of doing everything. You know, so it's 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 hard for us to wrap our mind around that sometimes. That's one reason. I mean, the Roman Church had Latin. It was kind of a universal language right. at the time. Well, not only it was the language of the Romans, but it was a universal language because it was the language of the church. So a lot of your, actually, a lot of your elites in Europe at this time were multilingual. They would speak their native language, Latin, and probably something else. Some neighboring culture of some sort. Or French. Kind of relation to. There was a lot of people speaking French during this time. English was not the the language that it is now. By any by any thought. Yeah. It would have been, you know, you would have spoken your native, then French, and then Latin. So you could go to church and actually understand what they say. <laughs> Which I think it would be, I would love to go to a Latin Catholic mass. Yeah. Just because of how old, like, people have been hearing that for centuries. Millennia. Isn't it millennia. a dead language now, though? It is a dead language, but it's still used within the church. It's still used within science, too. Yeah. Yeah. And your grandfather was a, a chemist, wasn't he? He got a mass, he got his... Undergrad in physics and his grad in chemistry. chemistry. Yes, it wouldn't. It wouldn't Latin. He he German. learned German. Yeah, because they use it so much. Because at that time it, it was very, very German based. But he said learning German made him understand English better. Oh, for sure. I think anytime you get a you get a dose of another language, mm-hmm. it it really changes the way you look at your own your native language. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. But there's still a lot of Latin terms used in academic fields. Across the board, that could be any kind of science, basically. Astronomy or, or chemistry, biology. physics, biology. Yeah, it's all Latin-based. So, Anything else tonight? I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm sitting here thinking, like, you got, <laughs> got my juices flowing over here. I love talking about history, and I, and I apologize if I skip things, but it's just, I don't want to say... I'm more knowledgeable, but I've known some of this. I just assume some people know some stuff that they probably don't. And that's why I wanted to do this. I've known a lot of this since I was a child. I've been reading. I would read history books like in in high school. Like I take them home and read them. I took history classes for fun in college. I, it is a passion. I cannot explain, but. If it's you, stuff you need to know. I mean, it for sure. If you want to understand the current world, you have to go back. If and it gives you the whys. If you don't want it to wind up the same way, you got to try to do something It about annoys it. me to no end when people say, well, it's just going to repeat itself. I'm like, you obviously haven't read enough history. You don't want some of this shit repeated. Yep. And I think the most recent thing of that would be the Holocaust. Like, you don't want that repeated. You don't want another Vietnam. You don't want another Civil War. We Hello. got another Vietnam, though. We, just, we had side-by-side pictures of Vietnam and fucking Afghanistan. Well, and uh, you could go back to this, the Spanish flu or the Black Plague or the Plague of Justinian and see how these things were handled. 
And we didn't handle them too much different from people 700 years ago. You think we would have learned since then. So, yes, you do need to pay attention. It'll make you understand the current world better because you'll realize nothing happens in a vacuum. There's a reason why. It may have happened 500 years ago, but there's a reason why. And you need to know that. Was it the beginning of the thing? I mean, uh, even as recent as the Civil War, there's still still things that we – we we see every day that's a repercussion of mm-hmm. things that happened 200 years ago. And 200 years is nothing. Oh, 200 in, in years is a blink of, of an eye, right. in my opinion. 200 years is modern, still modern to me. Yeah. That's why even, you know, there are people who are fascinated by, you know, the early 1800s. And I'm like, I'm interested in American history when we're talking about five miles inland was, was frontier. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's fascinating. And then we killed off whole populations of people and, you know, genocide that's, in my opinion, it's a genocide that's just been ignored of the Native peoples. But um, that's not uncommon either (laughs) throughout history. I mean, shit, fucking Vikings did it. Vikings were more apt to... They would land, kill the men, take the women and children as slaves. Uh, Don't say it didn't happen. I've read this shit. Yes and no. I mean, that didn't always happen. Sometimes the reason... They think one of the reasons why the Viking Age happened when it did was because there was no real good growing land in these Nordic countries. Mm -hmm. So they they were really coming over here to... Or coming over to England to find land to farm. And they did end up settling. Like, there were not every... Nordic man was a Viking. No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that was the way they did things. They came in. They said, I mean, Dublin was a, a gigantic marketplace. Was, for oh, them. it was the biggest slave trading place right. in Europe. But the Vikings didn't get much past Dublin. That was kind of their area. Yeah. Now, they did not go too far, and the Irish did end up running them off. Well, I mean, forever, that the area around Dublin was still much more connected to to mm-hmm. the nor the Norwegian the, the Scandinavians than they it really were with the they were the, very the Irish they were very closely connected to the, um York in England um in Northern England but I mean they 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 didn't get very far and then they ended up being you know killed off and um I would like to recommend a couple of shows go for it. Um, if you're interested in the lead up kind of a couple hundred years before the Battle of Hastings, I recommend the show The Last Kingdom. It starts off set in the time of Alfred the Great, who I could go on a rant about for days because I love him. Um, and the great heathen army coming over and how that's dealt with and the history behind that. It is fictionalized in some places, but overall... You know, it gets it right. It's broad strokes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the better historical shows on TV by far. Much better than Vikings. Vikings is... And I did enjoy Vikings for entertainment purposes. But they took a lot... So Rolo from Vikings was brother with Ragnar Lothbrok, who, in my opinion, probably is a fictional character and didn't really exist or was an amalgamation of several people. Right. Rolo was actually the one who founded Normandy. Okay. Rollo and Ragnar Lothbrook, 
if Ragnar Lothbrok existed, would have lived at least 150 years apart. So, I mean, it's good entertainment. can kind of give you an understanding in some sense of the Viking world, but don't take it as right. historical because they take a lot of liberties there. Um, I definitely recommend The Last Kingdom. Um, ooh. I'm sitting here debating between a couple of different shows now. Put them both out there. And these are a little bit, these will be more modern in my opinion, not necessarily what we talked about today. Um, Catherine the Great that was on HBO with Helen Mirren. I highly recommend that. She was in the mid-1700s. One of my favorite characters in history ever. And that is probably the best done show I've ever watched on Catherine the Great, and I have watched them all. Um, highly recommend that. Um, oh my God, I just lost the other one. I had another one in mind, and I just forgot about it, debating between it and Catherine the Great. But if you give all history shows a chance, just don't take that it's historically accurate. If there's a, oh, a character... Sure. God. In a show that you're interested in, research them. Yep. And then you might get who the real person is. Because a lot of times these people are much more complex than, than what they show on the show. Much more. And there's reasons why. We're always all complex. Or people, yeah. yeah. Or maybe people are seen as really good in history. And I see a lot of this. And they're judged as being the best ever. And, and they're... Charlemagne is a great example of that. I cannot stand Charlemagne. I have read so much on Charlemagne that I hate him. But I still read about him because he's fascinating. But um, not a great king. Or in my opinion, or emperor, in my opinion, not necessarily great. Um, I mean, even like what you would consider more modern. Founding fathers, we almost get deified in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um. But a lot of them had a, they all had a lot of faults. I mean, they all had baggage. They're human. George Washington, I thought he was a, you know, I've, I've read a ton about Washington, ton about, about Jefferson. And, you know, Washington did what he did. He, he could have became king of America easily. They would have elected him because they were still in that mindset of having yeah. a king. Um, he had a terrible temper. Good God, that man had a temper. He was a redhead. He was gray when I saw him. Uh, yeah, I mean, you would think, you think of him, it was, he was very soft-spoken, according to everything I've read. Everything I've ever read, they would, like, when he would give speeches, people couldn't hear. But they said when he blew up, it was like the yeah. end of the world was coming. But you know, that could have been a trick he was playing, that if you talk softly, people have to pay attention. <laughs> when you raise your voice, they listen. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So, and George Washington is interesting, I think he was probably one of the better founding fathers, in all honesty, oh, sure. yeah. just because he turned down. There was a lot of them that would have, oh, I can be king. Hell yeah. But um, he had his faults, that's for sure. He had some faults, and he had some pretty big losses. Oh, yeah. As a general, he sucked. He, he was His record was 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. He had Three wins, three losses, and one draw. Well, even before then, during the French and Indian War. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where he had his loss. Like his first couple horrible. of battles, he got blown up. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Horrible. They were much better people. Um, I think, you know, 
Hamilton now, everybody knows who Alexander right. Hamilton is. Because, and don't get me wrong, I am dying to see that musical. Like, I would, I would love to see it. I think it's good because it gets people interested, but don't necessarily use a musical as your basis right. of historical, historical knowledge. Fact. Yeah. Um, you know, people are, oh, he's, I don't think he, I mean, I think he was okay. Like, he was extremely intelligent, but I think he was a bit of a bully and a bastard, too, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Yeah, it was but now his he's, upbringing, too. I mean, grow, well, growing yeah. up in, in, in Barbados the, and everything. Extremely poor. The, his father just disappeared on him. Yeah, and he, George Washington pretty much raised the, yeah. raised him from a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Jefferson, who is kind of deified, not a big fan of his. Kind of a dick. Yeah. John Adams, kind of a dick. I like John Adams more than Jefferson. I'm the other way around. I like Jefferson better better than John Adams. I think John Adams, you knew where you stood with him, though. Yeah, but he was all, in, when he became president, he, Alien yeah. and Sedition Act, let's shut down he, the press. Yeah. I don't want to be speaking bad about the king. I mean, the president. That's what yeah. he was doing. I, he tried to trample all over rights that he supposedly I'm not big big fans of either one of them to be honest um but if I had to pick I would probably pick Adams I mean most of these people own slaves but yet they were talking about freedom of people yeah. yet they wouldn't free their own people it's a different time I hate that argument don't you I fucking hate that <laughs> argument Interesting. Even though you said it earlier, it was a different time back in 1066. Well, it was, but that's just so you understand. That's why people think the way they do, not as an excuse. But that's interesting because William the Conqueror actually outlawed slavery in England when he took over. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Even though it happened later in colonies. Yeah. And they had peasantry, which you can argue is... servitude was slavery. Yeah. But he outlawed that, which was probably a, a hit against the Viking or the Nordic... Because that was their big money maker was the slave trade. Slave slavery is not modern. No, that's way back. There have been in the only, dawn of time. And I think an interesting I had heard this one time and I thought it was very, very interesting that it's a modern thought that you you know, like Africans were brought over here as slaves. They were people who didn't look like you. Really leading up to that time your slaves would have looked just like you. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily an inferior, inf- inferior thing. It was a you were a conquered people. Yeah, when, I mean, Corn Cornwall did the same thing to the Irish. Just yeah. came in and rounded them all up and put them west of the River Shannon. And if you tr- they found you not yeah. west of the River Shannon, you got sent to one of the colonies in the in the in the Caribbean. Yeah, and you would die. Yeah, and you're wide as he is so yeah yeah no absolutely that's kind of a modern modern train of thought to enslave people that don't look like you it was always it it was your neighbor yeah no absolutely but i mean i think that the the case and i think it's interesting too you have to realize with history a lot of these things written about these people in the you know six seven eight nine hundreds you know even really up until eleven twelve hundreds they were. It was written by people maybe 200 years after the people lived. So that would be like us sitting down and writing a story about George Washington. Yeah. It would be the... the uh, Oral good tradition word. that yeah. was passed down. Yeah. You like know. cutting down the cherry tree and yeah. things that aren't true and the deified version of the winners. So that's what you would have. And I think you have to take that into account, too. Yeah, I agree. You got anything else for me? No, I don't think so. All right. 
I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Hango Show. Be sure to go by Tripod Broadcasting to check out all the shows we have there. Also, look down in the show notes to get offers from our sponsors, like evils.com, where you can save 15% by using the promo code Hango. And also go by mydelta8.com and check out our Amazon link. Send a little money on our way if you're going to do some shopping on there. Read more about history. Get you some history books on Amazon. And use our link to it. Hey, one of the best books I ever read, Pillars of the Earth. Historical fiction. Really good. Get There's it. your recommendation. All right. Love you, sweetheart. Love you. See y'all next time. Bye.